One, two, three o'clock, four o'clock, rock. Five, six, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, rock. Nine, ten, eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock, rock. We're gonna rock around the clock tonight. I'm Taylor Bannon. I live from County Donegal, and I go to Ramalton School. I play with my friends. I share. And also, one thing that I do that's really nice, the last thing, I help people. Oh, my name's called Malachi Bannon. I'm six years old and I live in Tycarnus, Cromelton, Donegal. I like rugby and and I like Crocs because because they're good. Do you know the difference that there's an analog clock and there's a digital clock? Last year, I got a cuckoo clock that I still like and I play with it. Oh, thanks, Malachi, Iona and Donica. The lovely Bannon children there from Donegal. Malachi, I'm impressed with your knowledge of clocks, but I'm not surprised. And you won't be either when you hear this story, A Clockwork Adventure. Donegal, one of the most beautiful counties in Ireland. Donegal has given us Daniel O'Donnell, Packy Bonner, lovely beaches, great footballers, oh, and clocks. Yes, there's a house in Donegal, Remelton to be exact, that has one of the biggest clock collections in the world, the Bannon House. And it's all down to six-year-old Malachi, who you heard a moment ago. They say that when Malachi was born, there was a clock tick, tick, ticking on the hospital wall and his teeny little eyes looked up at it transfixed. He was just fascinated by the workings of a clock. Sure, it could tell you the time, But it was more than that. Malachi had a great appreciation for the design and the workings of a clock. The craftsmanship that went into making them. The Bannon house was full of them. Every room you went into had a different type of clock. There was an anniversary clock when you came into the hall. A mantel quartz jewel chime clock in the living room. A carriage clock in the bathroom. A grandfather clock in the kitchen. A schoolhouse clock in the utility room. A radio clock in another bathroom. But the best of all... There was a cuckoo clock in Malachi's bedroom. No surprises then that on that Saturday morning, the Bannons were woken up by the sound of an alarm clock. Well, an alarm clock in every room, that is. They had to be up early to drive to the airport for a very special trip to London. Daddy had surprised the children with tickets to see Ireland play in the rugby at Twickenham. Oh, they were all big fans and Mammy was really excited, Hmm, but more excited about the shopping. She was going to treat herself to a fancy sweeping brush from Harrods, the likes Remelton had never seen before. Oh, she'd be the envy of all her neighbours. Little Donica, only two and a half, had never been on an aeroplane before, but he was as good as gold sitting on his mammy's lap, sucking his dody and looking out the window for birds. 
In his little head, he was plotting an escape to London Zoo. He'd seen pictures in his baby books and he thought he'd like to meet those monkeys and swing out of the trees with them. Iona had butterflies in her tummy. She had pictured what London looked like so many times and now she was going to see it. Would she see that lady who wears a crown and lives in a palace? Hmm, didn't she keep her jewellery in a tower or something? Unusual. What Malachy wasn't dreaming about London Zoo or the Queen. He was thinking a little bit about the rugby. And a lot about something else. All right, kids, we have to stay together. We're taking the Piccadilly line to South Kensington. Malachy, Iona and Donica, hold hands and watch me. We'll all get on the tube together and we'll link hands and form a chain until we get off. The tube that Daddy was talking about was the London Underground. It's the way people get around quickly in one of the busiest cities in the world. You literally go under the roads, under shops, under footpaths and you get into a train that looks like a tube and off you go. But the important thing is to know your stop. If you miss it, you could end up in a different part of London altogether. It was really busy that Saturday. The children were just amazed at how many people went under the ground. Is there an underground in Remelton? Iona wondered to herself. Nah, probably in Letterkenny though, that's really busy. The children did as Daddy instructed and the five Bannons all stood on the tube forming their little chain. Everything was going well until more people got on at the next stop. Their chain broke up for a split second but phew! Malachy held Daddy's hand again and everything was okay. Or was it? Oh no! You see what happened really in that split second was that Malachy was holding the hand of somebody else and so was Daddy. But neither of them knew. So when the hand that Malachy was holding let go and got ready to get off at the next stop, Westminster, Malachy just followed him, still holding Iona and Donica's hands. It wasn't until they were standing on the platform and the tube had pulled away that the three children looked around and realised. No, Mammy or Daddy. Silence. Donica was getting ready to wail one of his famous wails. Malachy was thinking. But little Miss Iona had it all in hand. See, If you're the five-year-old sister of two brothers, you just know how to step in and take control. The two lads needed Iona right now. She took a deep breath. She looked left. She looked right. Hamleys, she said. Let's just go to Hamleys. I've heard it's one of the biggest toy shops in the world and there's seven floors and if Mammy and Daddy are looking for us, they'll just know that we're there. Hmm. Malachy wasn't entirely convinced of his little sister's plan and he knew she'd been wanting to get more Polly Pocket toys lately. But here they were, three kids lost in London. Who was he to argue? Hamley's was amazing. Every single toy you can imagine. The people working there were so friendly and they did magic tricks for you and they showed you how to use the toys and... No mammy and daddy though. It was getting dark and Donica's little legs were getting tired. The streets of London were quieter now. The shops were closed and people were probably home having tea and cucumber sandwiches. Walking along, Malachy spotted an old man in the distance. He was turning around and wavering to the children to follow. Now the children knew about stranger danger, but this was different. The man was kind of giving them directions in the distance. My name is Augustus, he whispered loudly. I know you're lost. I'll help you. What a sight. Malachy had put Donica in a little rucksack on his back and holding his sister's hand, they walked on following old Augustus. <gasps> Before he even turned the corner, Malachy knew where he was and he knew everything would be okay now. You see, that was the sound of Big Ben. 
the most famous tower clock in London, maybe in the world, and Malachy's absolute favourite. He had secretly wished he'd get to see and to hear Big Ben on this trip, and here he was. The old man pointed to a little wooden bench underneath the clock, where the three children sat down and huddled together to keep warm. All the time, the man was in the distance, as if he was protecting them and keeping a watchful eye over them. Malachy could see the hand of the clock above him moving, each of the four faces exactly the same. Oh, he was transfixed. Thunica was considering how much fun it would be to climb up the tower and swing off the hands of the clock. But Iona grabbed him by the back of his trousers and realised that nappy of his was getting very full and stinky. Meanwhile, in a police station in downtown London, Mammy and Daddy Bannon were hysterical. All right, darling, it's all right. We got 24 helicopters, 300 police officers and MI5 out looking for a minute. This happens in London every day, darling. No, it doesn't. Oh, when Mammy and Daddy had realised the children had gotten off the tube at the wrong stop, they had searched everywhere. They'd been all around London today and not a sight. Mammy just stared at her watch. It was getting so dark. Five to nine. She watched the little hand and the second hand slowly tick around. <gasps> of course, why didn't she think of it earlier? She jumped up and ran out of the police station, Daddy and 300 police officers running behind her. Nine o'clock. The bells of magnificent Big Ben rang out over London. Malachy, Iona and a sleeping Donica sat on their little bench and marvelled at the magic. In the distance, they could see their mother running towards them. She looked a bit cracked, kind of like how she looks on a Saturday morning, but with more energy. Oh, my babies! She hugged each of them and cried hot tears of joy. So how did you know to find me here, Mrs. Benning? In all of London, you chose Big Ben? Time, time led me here, said Mammy. And a little boy, who I hope will never change. Malachy, Daddy asked. How did you even find Big Ben? You're only six. I just followed Augustus over there. Everybody turned to see the figure of the old man disappear as he walked through the walls of the clock tower. Augustus Pugin. He had designed Big Ben over 140 years ago and tonight he knew that the children had needed his help. The police gave the Bannons a helicopter ride back to Donegal. But not before a special nighttime opening of London Zoo where Donica got to hang out with the hippos. Iona was bursting for the toilet, so that nice lady with the crown let her into her palace to do a wee. And Mammy got into Harrods for her sweeping brush and a lovely scarf for Daddy, though the staff weren't too happy opening up so late. As for Malachy, well, he had made a new friend that day. As they set off home in the helicopter up in the night sky of London, Malachy gave one last look at old Big Ben and there was Augustus waving at him from the top of the world's most famous clock tower. Yes, some things never change Like the feel of your hand in mine Some things stay the same Like how we get along just fine Like an old stone wall that'll never fall Some things are always true How I'm holding on tight to you